Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. My name is Luke Giaconetti, and those of you expecting the sensuous and sonorous sounds of either Michael Bailey or Scott Gardner, well, I'm filling in for them tonight. And uh, let's dive right in, shall we? The book that I have for you tonight is a DC book, uh, Weird War Tales number 19, published November of 1973. Now, Weird War Tales is a book I got into kind of by accident. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, old horror comics, EC comics, all the uh, House of Mystery, House of Secrets, Ghosts, all the ones that DC published all throughout the 70s into the early 80s. And I came across Weird War Tales um, in a, the discount bin at my local comic shop, which is Borderlands here in Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, I don't think it was this particular issue, but I came across a couple, and it, Weird War Tales is a very interesting mix of uh, traditional DC horror elements, uh, such as skeletons, ghosts, zombies, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, your typical post, uh, you know, post not post-code so much as Bronze Age-style horror that was allowed when the code was revised from what it originally was. And uh, this is a prime example of, of this series, and one of my, well, actually one of my favorite issues of Weird War Tales. Uh, our cover has an American GI, World War II era GI, hiding out in what looks like a graveyard, as a trio of German soldiers on motorcycles bear down on them, except these soldiers are skeletons. They have big, nasty-looking skulls peering out from underneath their uh, helmets. And we've got our very cool um, bright orange, uh, like I guess it's a sunset up in the, the background, which is uh, gives the cover a nice, nice orange shade to it. All right, our story, and one other odd thing is that usually Weird War Tales was an anthology and would feature two or three stories every month, but this is actually a three-segment uh, three full-length story, which was relatively rare for this book, pretty much for its entire running length, but especially rare on the earlier side like this one. Our story is called The Platoon That Wouldn't Die, and our introduction is from Death, as always is in Weird War Tales, who was dressed like a World War II-era uh, Nazi. And he says, any good general from Caesar to Eisenhower would tell you that war is a game of logistics, supplies, not just food and ammo and gasoline, but the most irreplaceable supply of them all, warm, moving bodies. Irreplaceable, that is, unless you know the secret of the platoon that wouldn't die. We open up in, uh, well, I guess it's France. They don't say specifically, but it looks like France hidden from the countryside. And a Nazi patrol is paratrooping in and swooping in on these two GIs, and you can see they're dropping in besides themselves their motorcycles. And the GIs think that they're going to attack the airfield that they are guarding. But when the Nazis land, they get on their motorcycles and they bypass the airfield, and instead they attack the graveyard nearby, where a couple of GIs are digging a mass grave for all the Nazi wounded. The Nazis open fire and take out the troops, and the one who survives sees that they're searching through the bodies for one particular body. And they take them and put it in a coffin that they have mounted on a sidecar on one of the motorcycles. This, our, this unit is called the Blue Bolts, by the way, and they are well known to this group. And uh, one of the, the surviving GI actually calls them a group of ghouls for taking the body. Now that they've got the body, they make their way back to the airfield where they... Uh, kill all of the uh, men guarding there, then hijack a plane with the coffin inside and are able to make their escape. Our scene then switches to Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary, 
where Harry, the actor Nielsen, an inmate, is being summoned by the warden. And he does a little shtick where he uh, makes he does a uh, German impression to make fun of the uh, Nazis for the men. He says, Das Vaterland expects every German to do his duty, eat his knockwood, and shut his mouth. Uh, I don't do a very good German impression. You'll have to excuse me. Uh, so he gets taken in to see the warden, and the warden talks to him about that uh, after the attack where the, where the Blue Bolts stole the body, they found several reports of this happening in other places, and they actually found pictures of one Major Brunka, who is the commander of the Blue Bolts, and they see that he's actually, they have photographic proof that he's been killed no fewer than three times. Uh, first, he was, his body was at the team, the burial site that they just attacked, a year earlier in Russia, and two years before that in Tunisia. So U.S. intelligence, and Colonel Hagen is the uh, brass that is here with the warden and Nielsen, they want to know how, the, how the, this one major has been managed to die twice and still three times and still come back. So what they're going to do, they've captured one member of the Blue Bolts, Colonel Schlasha, and they're going to remake Nielsen to look like Schlasha because of his acting skills. He can pull off the German accent enough to blend in. So next we see Nielsen. He's in a, he's in a foxhole and no man's land here, uh, dressed as uh, Schlausha, and they fake his escape as a, war, as a war prisoner, and he dashes across and almost gets shot by the Germans, but he yells out, Nick Scheichen, Nick Scheichen, ich bin ein Deutschter. And so he gets taken to the rest of his uh, unit, and uh, they, they all toast to the return of Corporal Schleicha, and they say their uh, motto, Blue Bolts Never Die. That leads us into part two, which is subtitled The Fall and Rise of Major Brunka. So Nielsen, disguised as Schlosser, is making his story of how he escaped when in walks the Major. And he immediately is greeted with a round of hails. And he, the Major lets the men know that they've got a new mission uh, which has just come in. And uh, it appears that the Nazi intelligence is very much on the beam because they know that Colonel Hagen has become interested in their platoon, and they're sending out to kidnap him. So the Major takes uh, Nielsen aside and says, Schlosser will be my special assistant. And so that night, they're making their way towards the uh, American encampment, and uh, they, they break their way in, and Schlosser comes across Hagen and says, you're a prisoner in the Third Reich. But then the Major comes in and sees Hagen going for his gun, and so he shoots him. He doesn't, he doesn't finish him off. He says, uh, leaves Schlosser there to shoot him. And Schlosser's hesitating, and uh, Hagen says, go ahead, you idiot. Uh, I'm a dead man anyway. And you see Schlosser open fire. And uh, outside, the uh, major says that he was testing Schlosser because he seems that he thought that he would have gone soft, but he's still a good soldier. Well, just about that time, the alarm is raised, and the lights all come on, and the blue boats are caught in, uh, caught in a crossfire between the different uh, sentry points of the American base, and they're mowed down pretty badly and um, you know, just wiped out for the most part. I mean, look, uh, at one point, one of the sentries for the Americans yells, look at him, I put ten slugs in him myself, and he keeps on coming. If they had a thousand guys like this, they'd have won the war. The uh, the major goes down, 
And I guess this is the sergeant. Yeah, this must be the sergeant. He sends uh, Schlosser out to go drag the major's body out, and uh, Nielsen says, you're a lot heavier than you look, Major. Must be all the GI lead you've got inside of you. And he manages to drag him and several of the other wounded out, and they're back uh, in German territory. And he's being loaded up. The Major is being loaded up into a, a hot, into an ambulance. And uh, Nielsen wants to go with, but the sergeant shoots him down. He says to get back to the platoon. So the uh, so Nielsen jumps on and hitches a ride on the ambulance because they're going to the hospital supposedly, where they're going to revive the Major. But when they arrive, what they're actually at is the Institute for Parapsychology Studies. And uh, so Nielsen follows them inside to a room labeled Caribbean Metaphysics. And so he peeks inside, and, and sure enough, we've got a Nazi in full Nazi regalia wearing a witch doctor's mask, holding what looks like incense and a rooster, chanting over the dead body of the Major while his assistant... Uh, perform some sort of ritual, and they burn. They've got a skull, and they're burning some sort of incense. And uh, you know, I'm gonna. This is an this is an amazing picture. I'm gonna hold it up for the microphone so you guys can see it. So, um, and the the Nazi witch doctor is chanting Malafu, Malafu, King of Evil. Take the the rooster for this man. Let his blood run warm again. Malafu, Father of Fear, hear us. And that leads us into part three, which is subtitled A Riddle Within a Riddle. Well, as Nielsen is watching the voodoo ceremony, the sergeant comes up behind him, and he exposes that he's figured out that he is not the real Schlosser. And um, so Nielsen attacks him, uh, is able to use his belt to whip the sergeant's uh, uh, machine gun out of his hands and then choke him to death. Uh, so now he's on the run inside of the institute, and the alarm is sounded right before he gets to the front door, and uh, a whole platoon of of Nazi zombies comes shambling down the steps for Nielsen. And he says, zombie soldiers, a whole squad of them. And he starts opening fire. And he says, it's no use. Nothing stops them. So he starts swinging the machine gun around like a club, knocking them down. Uh, but nothing's slowing these guys down. You know, they, they've got a taste for, uh, you know, allied blood, I guess. So he starts running, and uh, he heads out, uh, heads upstairs, and he sees a door that says Dr. Von Gruna Data, Data Center, entrance forbidden. And so he ducks in there. And inside, it's row after row of 1930s-style vacuum tube computers with a giant view screen up front. And uh, orders being barked back and forth and sound circuit boards uh, clicking on and off. And Nielsen says, it's a television screen. I saw television once at the 1939 New York Fair before they nabbed me, but nothing like this. And then right then, the, the Nazi zombies bust through the door, and um, Nielsen flips one over his shoulder, and he says, this guy weighs a ton, just like Major Brunha. And, and so right then, he starts putting two and two together. He says, they're not zombies, they're robots controlled from this center. All the equipment inside was what makes them so heavy. So this, and so he says, this is a bigger con game, bigger than anything I ever dreamed of. And so the professor, or the doctor, I should say, starts yelling at him that what the plan was, was that they knew all along that he was not the real Colonel uh, Schlasha and that he was an American spy. And so what they wanted to do was to have him come here, see all of the voodoo regalia, and believe that that report, 
you know, believe that's what the Nazis were doing and report that back to intelligence rather than the actual uh, robotics. And that way the Americans will be caught off guard and that the plan is with all of the men that the Nazis are losing, especially on the uh, front in Russia, that they're going to replace all of their soldiers with uh, robots and then they will truly be death-proof. Well, Nielsen's isn't having any of that and he shoots the doctor dead. And... Um, he says, I got the robot master, but his army's still on the move, and, you know, he doesn't have much ammunition left, so he, instead of opening fire on the robot uh, Nazi zombies, opens fire on the control computers and just rips them apart, and all the robots start going down in sparks and crackles without their control software to run them anymore. And right about then, actually, a couple of living Nazis come running in, and... Uh, Nielsen cons his way past them, saying he's going to go report the fire and to go get the others out who are alive. And he makes a mad dash back across no man's land to the American territory. And it's uh, actually Colonel Hagen who says, don't shoot, that's our man. And um, so back behind him, behind uh, friendly lines, Nielsen says, hey, it's a good thing that I sprayed that room with lead instead of shooting you. And Hagen says, was it? Suppose you'd been seen doing it. You'd have blown the whole operation for the sake of one man. And Nielsen throws his Nazi helmet and uh, coat down on the ground. He says, you know something, Colonel, you're crazy. The whole bunch of you big, brave warriors, you're all nuts. And uh, Death comes in right here and says, of course, Harry didn't know that a touch of insanity is government issue in the weird war. Uh, this is a, I think this is just a tremendously fun issue of weird war tales. I mean, you've got... You know, it, it really does swerve you one way with the uh, with the voodoo and the zombies, and then it goes a completely opposite direction with the robots. You know, normally you get one such swerve, and that's it. But I guess because it's a feature-length story, they're going to hit you twice. Um, story is, uh, Joe Orlando was the editor of Weird War Tales, and the story is uh, written by Arnold Drake, and the art is by Jerry Taylock. I'm not sure if I'm saying that uh, correctly. It, it, it looks pretty nice. It's... Uh, a little bit more cartoony than you'd normally expect from a DC War book. It certainly doesn't have kind of the the grittiness of, say, Joe Kubert. Uh, but it it looks good. I mean, uh, the the image of the Nazi wearing the witch doctor's regalia it really is great. Um, I have an image. I put that panel up on my one of my blogs uh, a couple of years ago, and I just I love it. It's it's just so bizarre. It's like something you'd expect out of almost like an Indiana Jones movie, you know, the mixing of the, uh, it, it reminds me of the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, when um, when they're opening the Ark and he's wearing the robes and everything like that, except obviously it's uh, Eastern instead of uh, Jew Jewish. Um, but all in all, a good issue, uh, a lot of fun. Like I said, it's also relatively rare to get a full-length issue and not a couple of short stories. Uh, no real uh, interesting ads to speak of. Um, there is a, a pretty neat one for um, the DC Supersize Tarzan of the Apes book, um, which apparently has the complete novel of Tarzan of the Apes, which is pretty neat. Uh, other than that, not much. Uh, there is a letters column. The letters column for Weird War Tales was APO Weird War Tales, which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, But other than that, uh, that's about it. Um, as, a, uh, as I said, fun issue. If you uh, never checked out Weird War Tales, you can usually find them in a discount bin. Uh, just you know, check them out. They're a lot of fun. They're not real heavy reading. It's an anthology, so 
you don't got to worry about you know going from one issue to the next. You can just get whatever random ones you want, and you know you don't got to worry about finding part two of a story or something like that. Uh, that's about it. So I'm going to sign off for now. And remember, it's hard to say au revoir, so I'll just say au gratin. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com slash league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.